Hey, Pam, I have a question for you. What do you got, Ryan? So if the planning and zoning committee has a meeting in the forest, but nobody's there to see it, does that mean it actually really existed? (laughs) Ryan, I have no idea how to answer that. What I do know is that this decision was made in the darkness. Hello all and welcome to an all new Voice of Loveland, the podcast for ionloveland.com. I am your host, the Loveland Tadler, Artie Kulik, and with me here today is the person that sees all the trees and hears them falling in the forest, and that's the greatest other host, Pam Gross. How are you today, Pam? I'm good, Ryan. Welcome, everyone. All right, we are going to talk about highway or state route or whatever, 48, and the 397 townhomes that are going to be 20 stories tall each that are going to be built over there. At least that's what we we like to hear, that there's going to be some monstrosity built over there. But no, I know we're making light of this, Pam. Honestly, this is the biggest issue, I think, in Loveland right now. It is about a development over there on 48. I'll let you explain a little bit better than I did. And there are some homeowners in the area there that are concerned about it. And it's been, we, a lot of people we know talk to us. As a matter of fact, there was a planning and zoning meeting, I believe it was on September 1st. And it was the public hearing to change the zoning or to give it to city council, basically, for them to vote on changing the zoning. It passed three to two. There were a bunch of people that spoke. But you know what, Pam? There was no recording of the meeting. So no, what the, what wasn't. what's going complete on out darkness. here? Yeah. So yeah, what's going complete. on here? First off, <laughs> you were being facetious about the <laughs> 246 whatever. It is it's a tw- <laughs> it's 28 townhomes and it's a uh, development along State Route 48. It is going to be on property that is owned by the Zika uh, development company or Zika Builders. I, I guess Zika Homes or yeah, yeah, something Yeah, like Zika that. Homes. Anyway, they own this property and they've owned it for several years now. So this is a interesting, it's been an interesting ride in regards to what's going on here because Zika, obviously, as I just stated, already owns the property. It is zoned for single family. Zika wants to now build these townhomes, which would make it multifamily. So they needed a zoning change from single family to multifamily. They went through the, the process, followed the law, went to planning and zoning, asked for a change to make it multifamily. This was, don't know the exact dates, but we're going to say a couple months ago. And went to planning and zoning. They had their public hearing on it. They did eventually vote to approve the change from single to multi, three to two. It then goes to city council. City council would then set a public hearing. City council will then decide whether or not the zoning change front that PNZ approved stands as is. It went through that process, went to council, council for whatever reason, they had this strange conversation, did not set up public hearing, said that they wanted to study the zoning rules themselves and the zoning changes or code. They wanted to change, they wanted to review the zoning code. So they punted and they threw it back to planning and zoning so that planning and zoning would then start looking into the zoning code itself. So now that takes us to the September meeting. They never <laughs> did any kind of, you know, review or anything else in regards to the zoning code. They had another public hearing. They took another vote, passed again, three to two. It is now back to city council again. 
City Council last night at their council meeting set a public hearing for October 13th. And then I'm assuming after that public hearing that they will take some kind of vote. But at this point, you're talking about a council that, quite frankly, doesn't really want to make decisions, doesn't really want to have conversations. So who the heck knows what's going to happen with this? So let's talk about how they try to hide every decision they have to make. And then we're going to, you and I will have an actual real discussion about this project and whether or not it's it's a good or bad project for the city of Loveland, not just for one part of Loveland. So first things first here. About the planning and zoning meeting and having no video. This all came about because we were, somebody reached out to you and said, Do you know what happened at PNZ last night? And we all knew that it was, they were going to have another public hearing. I mean, no matter how much they try to throw bureaucratic hurdles up in front of things, there's still the law they have to follow. So I don't know this for a fact, but I'm sure Zika Holmes is, has put a phone call into the city of Loveland saying, Hey, we have followed the rules. Why are you? not following the rules. So this wasn't, a lot of people thought maybe when they threw it back to look at the zoning code that this is going to be months later. No, no, obviously, and we've discussed this on previous podcasts, Pam, with the coronavirus pandemic, we are seeing the cities and suburbs are are about to reshape. We're about to see uh, almost every expert agrees that we're going to see a lot more people move out of the cities into the suburbs. So Loveland is going to be one of those places. And the people that are going to be moving, look, I was not living in the city with a family. Most families don't live in the city. I'd say young families, but I'm not that young, Pam. I just had a kid later in life, I guess is the best way to put it. But the families live out in the suburbs, so it's usually usually empty nesters or young professionals that live in the cities. Well, a lot of those groups are moving out to the suburbs, and they don't want to live in a big single-family house. They like the townhouses, the condos, the things like that. That's where I lived before my wife and I had a kid. We lived in the condo in Walnut Hills. So you have to recreate that. And I think that's what Zika is trying to do. But here's the thing with planning and zoning, and especially Councilman Tim Butler, who just does not seem to like criticism from the community because he keeps trying to cover up the fact that he voted for a parking garage, Pam. (laughs) And he did. Yes, he did. So this is an important meeting. It's a big meeting. And I believe Councilman Butler said at the previous city council meeting that 13 people or whatever spoke against the project. But there's no video. Now, especially in this age of coronavirus, and I'm not going to those city council meetings because I happen to believe there's a there's a very bad virus out there right now. And the last thing I want to do is you have Mayor Bailey yelling at people to take their masks off all the time like she's some kind of maniac. The last thing I want to do is be inside a room with those people. Okay. Or uh, city manager Dave Kennedy, who's ignored this from step one. And his solution has been, let's put more people in one space. I mean, no, I don't trust these people when it comes to this. But you and I, we are the watchdogs of this government. You're laughing. Right? Let's, let's put up more picnic tables to encourage more people to right. come down and gather. Yeah. <laughs> and I go around and I see these people all hanging out together with no masks on and no social. Look, maybe Loveland lives in this magical bubble where COVID-19 can never happen. Okay. I'm glad I live here. Still, my point is, I believe there's a problem. But I also know it's 2020. And I know technology and I work with a lot of different municipalities and a lot of different candidates and I can see their meetings, almost all of their meetings online. And Loveland has done that too. But all of a sudden this meeting, there's no video. 
and it wasn't a situation I know some people like, I tried to watch it through Chrome, it doesn't work, I used Edge or Safari or whatever. No, there is actually literally no video and no audio. There is no way for anybody who is not in that room on September 1st to know what was going on. And Pam, what I when we questioned this, because of course we questioned it, because I think uh, at City Council or City Hall down there, they just wait for our phone calls every morning. But when we questioned it, we were told, oh yeah, there was a problem with our recording equipment. We knew it. That's what we were told. They knew there was a problem before the meeting and were trying to get it fixed. Yes, you're exactly right. They knew because there was a previous meeting, I think the day before, that the cameras weren't working. And I think this is an interesting point is that the fact that they knew that this was an important item on the agenda. They knew that there would be a lot of discussion on it. They knew that there would be people who would come in and have an opinion on it. So the reality is, is that, and they knew that the cameras weren't working. So they knew there was a problem ahead of time, yet they made no attempt to have any kind of backup plan so that people would know what the discussion is. And I think this is important, Ryan, because as you know, the law states that you have to take minutes for a meeting. We don't typically, we never, not even typically, we never get the meeting minutes of any commission or committee or council meeting until the next meeting, which means that we don't even have minutes from this meeting. We literally are in the dark. We have no idea what anyone said. We have no idea what the discussion said. There is no attempt whatsoever on behalf of the city to even release those minutes early so that we could even somewhat see what the conversation was. And in regards to minutes, minutes are minutes, they're not transcripts. So they are someone's interpretation of what someone said. And that is very important here because we are talking about a very important subject matter. That's the other thing is just because the minutes will say, well, Mr. Butler or Mr. Kressler or the person in the audience said X, We don't know that that's actually what was said because there's no videotape. Right. There's nothing to keep them honest. And look, this is I've had this discussion with Councilman Butler before in a public meeting, which there is video of if people want to go see where I he basically kept saying that the city communicates through the website through the through the website. And I'm like, look, that's a bad way to communicate with all the people. That's basically the bare minimum. So you feel like doing the bare minimum is sufficient. And he said, yes. So that's what this council, who claims they're all transparent, and look, Pam, if any of them were, if somebody was to question them on the things we're saying, and people may say, well, Ryan, are you accusing them of purposely doing this? What I am accusing them of is knowing there was going to be no video. That's what I'm And making no attempt to inform the public of what was going on in this meeting. So yes, absolutely, 100%, that is what both of us are saying. Right, and this particular meeting, this particular topic, benefits people like Councilman Butler and the rest of the city council to not have any record we can go back to, to look at and talk about. So yes, I am accusing the council of not being transparent and of knowing that this meeting was not going to exist for everyone to look at and not see their discussions. Because that's the other thing, Pam. This council doesn't have any discussion. 
and this has been this way. This is Kathy Bailey's MO from, from step one. She doesn't believe in open collaboration with the community. She believes in giving away stuff to her special interests. And every single one of those men follow her every time. I know Councilman Butler has suddenly been struck with the Angie Sattel virus and is starting to question some of these things. But he wasn't there a year ago to support the exact same things that Councilwoman Sattel was. He was happily piling on with the rest of them. And now he's getting piled on by the rest of this council. We also know that Councilman Kent Blair feels like they have enough discussions in the hallways and over pizza. We also know that the majority, a majority of council, has multiple times been to the works restaurant with the city solicitor. Now, the city solicitor claims they weren't discussing business, but geez, Pam. That is as bad of a look as humanly possible for a city council that refuses to have any open discussions. And this, if anything, they can claim all the innocence they want. The city manager, Dave Kennedy, to say, oh, this one's on me. This one's my fault. They can do all that. The facts are this is a council that does not have open discussions about what are controversial issues that cower in the corner anytime one of their supporters questions them and they try to do everything in their power to not have a discussion on what's best for the city. This is further proof. We don't even get to see it. No. It's frustrating. It is frustrating. And here's the thing. This is the group that told us that they were going to be totally transparent. This was the group that told us, well, one member of the group even ran on this, is that I'm going to be your community advocate. I'm going to have all these discussions with the public. That was all a bunch of BS. And the truth is, it would have taken a simple step that you knew your cameras weren't working. You knew they weren't working in a previous meeting. You knew it. How difficult would it have been to have someone set up their cell phone and take a video? How difficult would it have been to take a iPad that is provided by public funds? We pay for those and put your iPad up there and take a video. The bottom line is there is no transparency on this meeting. There is no recording of this meeting. We have no idea what the true discussion was on this meeting. And the bottom line is we never will. Well, and to that whole planning and zoning commission, including the only elected member of the public on it, Councilman Tim Butler, use the French, you know, j'accuse. I mean, I accuse you guys. You were probably relieved. That we weren't going to see this discussion. And I know Councilman Butler is going to say, but we had 30, he even said that we had 13 people speak against it. I want to know that conversation. I want to know what is going on, what people's words are. Because here, this leads me to my, the other point, Pam. The validity of this project, this project on 48, is it any good? Because those seven members of that city council, they're elected to represent the entire city of Loveland. I don't know because I don't have a video of this, but I'm assuming the 13 people that spoke against the project all live somewhere out there near it on 48. I, what is it? Um, what are the neighborhoods over there? Century uh, Hill, Butterworth. Yeah, Century Hill is, uh, is Heritage over there, maybe? Yeah, maybe. And then you may, you may who knows? You may have, who knows? Right. <laughs> you may have had people from Brandywine because they have to come back down through that area to, you know, to go through downtown Loveland. Right. And the point is, we don't know. Here's the thing about those 13 people that spoke. If, again, because we'll never know, if they all were in the same region, they have a website. You go drive down 48 Pam, they have this nice homemade sign telling people to co contact city council, which you and I, all four, 
You know, yep. you guys need to get involved. And they have this uh, website. It's uh, I want to get this right, but it's norezoning.com. It's no-rezoning.com. And it's a very, very simple website, just giving you a conduit to tell the city council they don't want this project. Okay, that that's great. I think public engagement is the most important thing we can have till the end of time. I wish, I know you wish this, Pam, that these people who are all into this would be more involved. Like maybe they would talk about how putting a parking garage and creating a new bottleneck on 48 is going to cause even more traffic issues than the Zika development. But here's my point. The One of the people in Open Forum who lives in that area was talking about how they all the neighborhoods around there disapprove of this project. And their primary reason is because it's going to add more part. It's going to add more traffic problems on 48. And they're not wrong. It probably will. But me, where I live, like the parking garage. Well, the parking garage is going to even be worse, and it's going to be our money. This development's going to be Zika's money. Yes, that's true. So there's there's a difference there. But Pam, I live over here on the Hamilton County side of things. You live over in the Claremont County side, and if this project is successful, that's great for us. That means we have a bunch. That's great for me because I have a bunch of people paying property taxes now that probably don't have kids in school. So it helps the schools. That's awesome for me. It's awesome for us because if the if this project sells really well, that increases the likelihood of people wanting to move to Loveland. It raises all of our home values. So my point is, council wants to have these private discussions, and even when it the guys, also adds new taxpayers, right? Yeah, exactly. It adds yeah, new consumers good, into the city. Which is good for the community as a whole. So when I look at this, because it's not in my backyard, okay, this project is an interesting project to me. It may look nice. Here's the point, Pam. You and I can have this discussion. It's great. People come, they listen to us, and they say, you know what Pam and Ryan said, da-da-da-da-da. We're not elected officials. We have zero votes on making sure this project moves through or not. The city council has to have this discussion. Tim Butler needs to stop saying, according to rule 0.7458 of section 292738, I know that all made no sense, but that's exactly, (laughs) when I hear that, it sounds like Charlie Brown's teacher, you know, instead of doing all your little legally shenanigans, do your job as an elected official and weigh the good and the bad of the project. And you hear from the residents who don't like it, and then maybe you hear from other people who may like it. Make the decision that's best for the entire damn community. Stop being so afraid of your own shadow and be a damn leader. Well, I agree with you because we need to start having a conversation. The reason that we have a council is because they're supposed to be our elected representatives. Elected representatives are supposed to make decisions on our behalf, which means that they're supposed to have ideas. They're supposed to have conversations. And this council doesn't say a damn word. I mean, I have no idea what their take is on development. They spend all this money to have a master plan for downtown, which then, you know, is no longer a master plan. It's now a guidance plan. And then they say not one word about it. They don't say whether I like this piece, I don't like this piece. And then they say why they like that piece or not like that piece. Now they'll say, well, we're doing that now because we've put together this comprehensive plan or master plan. Well, that's all fine and well, too. Again, there's only one elected official on there. The rest of them are all non-elected people. 
So what? They're going to come up with some kind of plan and then what? It goes to council and are they going to do the same stupid thing that they did with the downtown plan? Not one word, not one conversation, nothing ever gets done. The point is, is we need to have a conversation through our elected representatives about the development of the community as a whole. They need to start speaking about what it is. And this is a perfect example because this project, and I understand the people that live along there, that they have concerns about traffic and all of that. I get it. They're doing exactly what the, the what they should be doing in regards to getting their letting their voice be heard. So I support that 100%. But also understand that this project affects all of Loveland. This project doesn't just affect that small group of homeowners over there. This is a project that has profound impact on our community. And our council better start having a darn conversation on this instead of always hiding in the corner or I don't want to take a stance that you were elected to take a stance. Well, you were elected to have a conversation. And the thing is, Ryan, here's what we saw. Planning and Zoning made a made a decision months ago, sent it, followed the rules, followed the law. Zika followed the rules, followed the law, sent it to city council. It was city council that didn't do their job. It was city council that decided that they were going to play games. Oh, let's send it back to planning and zoning because we think that we should look at our zoning code. That was bogus. That was a bunch of people who stood up there and not one of them talked except Mr. Butler because Mr. Butler seems to be the only one that seems to be able to talk. It's a side effect of that Satel virus that he caught, I think. I guess. <laughs> well, sometimes Mr. Butler might want to try silence. Well, yeah, there there is that. <laughs> um, no, there there is that. Look, I hey, I'm going to say something semi-controversial here, Pam. Okay. I find it a welcome change in this council that Councilman Butler has carried on the mantle of Councilwoman Sattel. There's nothing you can do to change the past until I get that flux capacitor in my DeLorean. That's just not happening. So got to look at what they're doing in the present. I find his arguments and stuff against the parking garage, well, they're very similar to our arguments, Pam. You know, the ones we've been making for a year and a half now. (laughs) (laughs) um, Obviously, I appreciate that. But this is what I think happens. And Councilman Butler does this all the time. He doesn't, you can tell he doesn't like something when he questions the people trying to bring the project to him. He did it with the Oak Street thing. He did it. He's doing it here again and asking them to find solutions. They found their solutions. That's why they're there. Their solution is to build this development. So when Mr. Butler says, well, we think you should do something else, then tell them what that is. And this goes back to the master plan. Look, it is no secret that we are 100% right about everything that happened with that downtown master plan. Okay? That's fact. I mean, we have been 100% on that one. The thing is, though, all the issues they're having, be it some stuff on Loveland Madeira Road, be it the development on Oak Street, be it this development on 48, they keep referencing, well, the uh, master plan's old, and that's why we're doing a new one. Then why didn't you do that first? Why didn't you do the comprehensive plan first? I've said this many, many times. When you were in office, uh, three three of the four years you were in office, and we had uh, Mayor Linda Cox and Mayor Mark Fitzgerald in that time, Loveland was growing. You guys inherited from 
Mayor Weisgerber, an absolute mess of Loveland Station, and the fact that he and the previous city manager said our city was running on fumes and tried to push a tax increase. So Mayor Weisgerber's regime failed. You guys came in, never raised taxes, and the city was growing. And then they built the lie of Loveland Station, screamed in city council, and got elected, and then they've done nothing. No growth whatsoever. So in the span of six years, Pam, we had great growth for three and zero growth for the other three. Mr. Butler, Mayor Bailey, the rest of you bobbleheads that just sit up there and nod on whatever Mayor Bailey wants in her special interest, tell me why this project is good for Loveland. Tell me why this project is bad for Loveland and make your vote. Stop being cowards. Well, I'm going to do a correction on okay. something you said, okay? Because the person who actually said our city was running on on fumes, I do not believe it was actually Mayor Rob Weisgerber. I believe it was Councilman Brent Zook, oh. <laughs> who actually first first stated yeah. it. Now, after he stated it, the rest of them ran with it. So, but I I want to be very correct on that because it was Brent Zook who actually said that, and he lost his seat mm-hmm. because the reality is we were not running yeah. on fumes. He was wrong. He was fear mongering. He was wrong, and so was Rob Weisgerber. He was wrong. They were wrong, and that's why they lost elections. Well, Rob Weisgerber is still there after many many decades, yes. and his his bad ideas that put us on fumes back then or back continue yeah because you know if you don't like loveland station rob weisgerber if you don't like the christman wasteful christman property that we still continue to pay on rob weisgerber now we have a uh, parking garage Uh, again that is rob weisgerber and now tim butler and mayor bailey and ted phelps and kent blair and Neil Ori, I believe. Yes. Anyway, bottom line is what you said, though, is absolutely 100% correct. We need economic growth. This developer wants to develop his own private property with his own private money because he thinks it's a good project, not only for the city, but he thinks it's a good project for his company. He thinks it's a good project that will bring a return on his investment. Council owes him his day to tell him, no, it's not a good project. And then they need to tell him why it's not a good project. This baloney of going back and forth and trying to put it in some kind of bureaucracy purgatory is ridiculous. People, Miss Bailey and your band of boys, stand up and be leaders. And if you don't want to do that, well, there's an election next year where a majority of that council can be turned around. Okay, well, with all that being said, Pam, <laughs> the Voice of Loveland, the podcast for ionloveland.com is a production of Ion Community. This episode was engineered, mixed, and had some technical things here going today because we're doing this over Skype <laughs> by Pam Gross and Ryan Kulik. And the music is by my father-in-law, Sherrod Sate. And guys, pay attention because the only thing that is keeping these people honest right now, that's you and I, Pam. If you just listen to us and you tell you talk to these council members, you can definitely make a change. I mean, they're going to use their friends in the media here around Loveland to cover their tracks on everything. We are the sunshine. And keep up. And and it's not, you know, Ryan, it's not just you and I. It's also the fact that you have this group. They do not like this development and they have put together something and they too are letting their voice be heard. So more power to you. We need more of those groups. 
We need more of those people getting out and you need to start going to these meetings. You need to start getting your voice be heard because this development is only one piece. That parking garage is going to create just as much of a traffic concern as anything that this develop that these people think this development is going to do. The bottom line is let your voice be heard. Be informed, be involved, be influential. <laughs> 